Casting from mondays.wop.com, it's Mondays with your host, Carl Franklin. This is Jeff Maciolik here in the studio with Carl, Richard Campbell, Karen Greenwald, and Mark Miller announcing show number 28. Go to jail. Go directly to jail. Do not pass www.podcastawards.com. Do not vote for Mondays. Mondays is produced by Pop Productions, providing professional audio and podcasting services online at www.pop.com. And now, the man trying desperately to keep the Mondays nerds from ruining his career, Carl Franklin. Thank you. Thank you. It's a wonderful day here in New London, Connecticut. I'm Carl Franklin. You're listening to Mondays, what Sunday threw up. Carl, that was a great voice for you. I would a lot more interesting than your normal voice. <laughs> I would run with that one. Great. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, we're finally back after what three weeks on the road. We uh, we'll tell you what we've been doing in a minute. But first, I want to uh, talk to the people that are here. Karen is Happy here. Karen, people. Happy birthday, Karen. Thank you. It's my birthday. She's twenty six. I am twenty six. No, I'm not. I'm thirty five. Yeah. I'm 35, but can I tell you that last night uh, I had You were 26? Birth- no, last night I was... Oh, the night before last I was 34. <laughs> ah. Mm-hmm. And, um, yes. And I told my husband, I'm like, this is your last chance to sleep with the 34-year-old. No. Come on. He said, not as far as you know. <laughs> yeah. oh. and, not, and me not be pissed about it was the actual, <laughs> the next part of that sentence. <laughs> but, um... But, um... So what'd you do on your birthday, Karen? I had a... Party. Carl was there. I um, I had a big party at my house with like a big orchestra of fifteen pieces in Carl, which Carl's like another five. pieces. Another five pieces, yeah. He- <laughs> yeah, just because I take up that much room. The basically. levels that he added to the. No, it was awesome. We had a pool party, and I got thrown in, and it was a martini thing, and it was fun. Good times. There was Did you have no, a good time? No guy trying to pick you up with apple martinis. Oh, no, but except for uh, your husband. Oh, that happened before. No, my husband didn't, but but this is what I'm saying. So it's my 35th birthday, and the 20-year-old guy that was there tried to pick me up, and I thought, no 35, way. not so bad. Not so bad. Doing all right there. <laughs> Literally right. just turned 20, and he's like, so um, do you ever think of being unfaithful? <laughs> <laughs> all hail the power of beer goggles. <laughs> there you go. Oh. Hey, I oh, I think, meant for yeah, you, yeah, Karen, yeah, too, because yeah, yeah, it made yeah. the 20-year-old guy look good. <laughs> yeah. The 20-year-old guy did look good. I figure Karen was probably just standing next to Carl, and so, you know, there was this kind of, hey. Oh, I'm nah. sorry. I don't even know what that means, man. <laughs> Come on. Follow you it. know, like, you always have to hang out with a couple of, like, you know, s- say you're trying to pick people Jeff, off why is bar. it you always have to explain the jokes? Why? <laughs> because yeah. nobody gets them. Let it go, man. 
So Let Carl was a wingman? Is that what you're trying yes, to say? Yes, Carl was a wingman. Okay. Carl was the ugly chick that you go to the bar with. <laughs> so if it was me or Carl, the 20-year-old wanted to sleep with me. The 20-year-old boy wanted to sleep yes. with me. Okay. Great. Yeah, we got that down. But anyway, it was it was good. But um, um, I'm, you know, functioning on little sleep and little voice, but. Good time. Not as much elasticity as normal. Uh, Je- Jeff, how are you doing? Well, <clears throat> I'm doing all right. Uh, I, during this uh, this three week period, while you guys have been, you know, off. Well, I'm not going to say what you guys have been off doing, but I've been kind of doing my own thing on and off, which involves uh, moving in. And uh, I've come to the conclusion that all of the utilities companies in the Hudson Valley area are conspiring against me. There's like this room full of maybe like 10 or 15 middle-aged, really bored housewives that are like, oh, hey, it's somebody from Connecticut. He's trying to get his power hooked up. Let's take a month to process all of his crap. And then, of course, the phone company is doing the exact same thing. And they have a good excuse, though. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, we're really sorry. Our data center got hit by lightning. Uh, and uh, Yeah. Okay. Maybe, maybe I buy that because there was a really bad electrical storm up there. But I mean, come on, guys. Yeah. Get it together. Phone company. So, but aside from having my trouble with utilities, I've been trying to move stuff into my apartment. And uh, I found this really nice sofa, and I'm like, oh, this is great. I'll I'll bring my sofa into my apartment. I buy it for, you know, a hundred bucks at a thrift shop. I'm like, sweet sofa. And my friend Jess, who's completely insane and and great, is like, yeah, we'll just tie it to the top of my Jetta. You know, she she has like one (laughs) rope, and the sofa's tied to the top of her Jetta. And she's like, just follow behind me really close. And I'm like, okay. And then 12 cars like cut out in front of me. And somehow she managed to. To get this thing actually, you know, down the street to my apartment without it falling off of her car. I don't know how. I don't know why. You know, God likes her or something. Wow. Um, and then we try to bring it up the flight of stairs. Oh. Um, now, this is like the quintessential moving in problem, getting the sofa up the flight of stairs. Right. Well, it got stuck and it wasn't going to happen. And we get distraught and we're upset about it. And then this random 70-year-old farmhand shows up as we're tying ropes <laughs> around this thing. He's like, he's like, I used to be a farmhand. Tie the knot there. And we're like, okay. And so we tie a knot to this thing while it's on top of Jess's car, which she has pulled up behind my apartment underneath the balcony. And the farmhand runs up the stairs. We haul, we throw the rope to him and start pulling this thing off of the top of her car into my balcony. You know, I saw this on Wonder Shows, and I know I saw this on Wonder Shows. <laughs> There's a lot of Jetta stuff on Wonder Shows, and cou- yeah, couches yeah. tied to Jettas. Yeah, couches tied to Jettas. So that worked out okay. Um, I have another sort of weird story that that's unrelated entirely, and you know, so so I'm dealing with this sort of level of stress, and like, all right, cool, I'm gonna just go chill out and listen to some music, and I turn on my my MP3 player, which is a Rio Karma for any of the, the dorks out there who are interested, because it plays Og Vorbis and Flack, oh, but cool. it's also got some uh, it's got some problems. <laughs> And, you know, I've encountered the problems. The thing freezes occasionally. you got to stick a paperclip in the bottom of the thing to hit the reset button. All right, use no, a blow dryer. Yeah, use a blow dryer. Yeah. No, no big deal, right? Um, but this time, it's really frozen. And I stick the thing to my ear, and it's going click, 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 click. Eh, click, 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 click. Eh. And, uh, and I'm like, oh, this is, this is great. Like, uh, and it's not spinning. All I hear is click, 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 click. Eh. And there are really good support communities for this thing because, you know, for some reason, the insane nerds who love these things love them so much that they buy like five of them and they all break and they learn the ways to deal with these things. And so I'm reading the site and it says, I'm a jogger and my Rio Karma has started going click, 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 buzz, click, 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 buzz and won't turn on. What do I do? 
And I'm like, oh, this ought to be good. What is it? Send it back to Rio, you know, uh, open it up and take out the hard drive and change it. It says, grasping the Rio Karma in your left hand with the screen facing you, strike it against your right hand firmly until your hand <laughs> is red and sore. Do this while the Rio Karma is on. And I'm like, what? That's awesome. Okay. I'm... I'm thinking, I'm thinking there's no way this is going to work, right? So I grab the thing in my left hand and go, whack, whack, ow, f***, whack, whack, ow, f***. And I'm like, well, you know, this doesn't hurt that much. So I start really whacking the thing into my hand in this very specific way as instructed to do so on the support website. And then the thing goes, click, click, and starts working. Apparently what had happened so is cool. the, the heads hadn't parked when the thing turned off and they got stuck. There was head stiction on the platter. And, uh, stiction. Stiction. Yeah. yeah, head stiction. I what remember What if you the had word. held it in your right hand and whacked it on I your I probably left. would have actually wrecked the hard drive. <laughs> you got to follow the instructions exactly. <laughs> the whack yeah. it the thing is it, you have to get this head to move in exactly the right direction so it lands in the park location, the hard drive you know, firmware resets and then spins up. You have to whack it with the correct hand. Yeah, you have to whack it with the. You have to whack it until just it's right. red and sore. Whack it until it's red and sore. And sore. <laughs> you want it to start whirring. Yep. Uh. Yeah. So, 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 Richard, you had an exciting little vacation, didn't you? Oh Christ! <laughs> well, you know, I signed up for this thing a year ago. You got to understand, my friend Jim. Now. Jim is one of those friends that all married men have, which is to say the husband of one of my wife's friends, <laughs> okay. right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you get into a situation where he's like, okay, you two boys, play nice now, right. off Fre- you go. Friends by force. The friends by force. Friends by spousal enforcement. So <laughs> Jim and I have, and the good news is Jim and I actually get along pretty good. He's but, a geologist, right? So, but he's an out, real outdoorsman. This is a geologist that's like out in the rocks. Cool. And, and we've been friends for quite a while. The family have gone to various vacations. And Jim and I have gone, tried to go fishing several times. There was the time in the Caymans when we went deep sea fishing in a fucking hurricane. <laughs> <laughs> which ended when I finally passed out from seasickness. We didn't actually put fishing lines out at any point. <laughs> So then a couple of years later, we tried again in Costa Rica. We caught one fish, which is called a rooster fish. We never saw this fish except briefly as it swam by the boat. It's as big as the boat, drags the boat around the bay for about three hours till he got tired of us and cut the line. <laughs> but at least that time we put fishing gear. So this so time... Wait, 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 wait. The fish cut the line? Oh, yeah. The fish went... It very deliberately dragged the boat over to a set of rocks, wrapped the line around the rocks, <laughs> cut himself free, and then left. But only after he tortured us for a few hours first. Yeah, who's and this is a big who? fish. Yeah, Rooster really. fish is like five feet long. They're big hunting fish. They're, they're cousins to marlins, except with no style at all. They're so, ugly fish. Are they related to the goober fish in any way? Uh, yeah. All right. Just checking. So that was the second attempt. So this time, Jim calls me up. This is like a year ago and says, all right, we're going salmon fishing. Because nothing can go wrong with salmon fishing, nah. and we're going, we're going to go up into the northern British Columbia. We're going to go salmon fishing. And All right, I signed up. So this, this is was last the week. whole week. Okay. Well, it starts off. We we get on an airplane. We fly to Bella Bella. Now Bella Bella is native Indian for middle of fucking nowhere. <laughs> okay, we're nowhere. You're down to. You're talking about an area of the world where it's less than one person per hundred kilometers, and that one guy smells of whiskey. And has a rifle pointed to you saying, get the f*** out. <laughs> okay? Bella Bella. From there, you take a float plane for another 20 minutes 
to somewhere slightly west of the middle of fucking nowhere. <laughs> and there's a barge there and a bunch of boats and nothing else. Okay. So, this is our trip for the week. Now, it's all men, mm. right? And it's about going fishing, right? So, it's mm. about catching the biggest damn fish. So, as soon as we arrive, everybody wants to get out on the water. We've been traveling all day. I'm like, no, I want to drink. No, no, it's time to go out on the water. So, we go out and we sail, run out of the bay. And these, these boats are basically indestructible because they're designed to be driven by drunken men, right? <laughs> So they're made of steel, and they look like beer cans. And you can huh. run them up on the rocks, and all you're going to do is break the rock. Huh. Wow. We head out of the bay into the perfect storm. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Now, I mean, I'm an experienced yachtsman. I know about sailing in rough weather. So when you're going up and down four or five foot waves, you're not supposed to put stuff in the water. That's a mistake. <laughs> Okay. But there we are, bobbing around, feet flying in the air, hanging on in this open-topped tin can, hoping to survive, and now we're supposed to fish. Mm. The other problem with fishing is that you have to run along the beach. You've got to stay at the same depth the whole time. So here I am running close to shore with my side to the waves and the uh, wind. So that's not the we roll sideways. Oh, right? This is where the vomiting begins. <laughs> and you're supposed to go fishing in this. So the first day basically ended with a big bar fest. Chum. Well, it's kind of like your automatic chum machine. Oh, right. There you chum. go. People but it's salmon. That. They are called chum in the first place. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to catch much salmon with barf. And you remember, you know, that, that <laughs> there's this great quote, a, a bad day fishing is better than a good day at work. Yeah, is that true, Richard? Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> there's no point in any day of work, good or bad, where I've wanted to vomit and kill somebody at the same time. <laughs> You see, this is why you need highly acidic vomit that you can fire in a thin, accurate stream. Yeah. <laughs> Leave your fantasies to yourself, Jeff. We know we're, Jeff and I are working on this, actually. We, we're prepared to l release this next week. We weren't going to mention anything this week about it. Yeah, but I mean, you know, the opportunity <laughs> strikes only, you know, only those... That's you know, true. I bet it Good would strike an awful lot for you, Jeff. I bet you wish you had acidic vomit aim a lot, don't you? Uh, I, I don't bet... throw up that much. <clears throat> no, but if you don't you wish when you meet people on a day to day basis that you could acidically vomit on well, them? Well, it'd be kind of like a combination of aliens and, and you know, Animal House. I think there was a, like an, one of the X Men enemies had this power. Well, I think there's actually <laughs> some animal in nature, some sort of poison lizard or something that spits poison, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. I yeah. Know. Things spit poison. Yeah, but it's not quite the same as vomiting up, you know, like, you <laughs> know, a pH of one bile. It's like, here, <laughs> right in your eye. Wow, Richard. When I scuba dive, people throw up over the over the edge, and then you have to dive off into what they've into just thrown it. up Very into. Nice. I can't do it. Nice. Yeah. Can't do yeah, it. I'm like, I have to jump water. off the front of the boat. And they're like, you can't. I'm like, yeah, I'm doing it or I'm not jumping. I will not jump into somebody else's vomit. It's like, you know, I have my, my standards. Not the thing I'm going to do. <laughs> so every night we're drinking whiskey and every morning we're scarfing Dramamine, right? So this is just a big stone fest. And of course, the goal is to get the biggest damn fish you can get. And Jimmy, he's smitten. He wants the biggest fish. And apparently the way to get the biggest fish is to close, is to get really close to these kelp beds and then fish to the bottom of them. Now, follow me with this. I'm going to take expensive fishing gear. I'm going to send it 80 feet under the water as close to a kelp bed as I can, and then I'm going to drag it back and forth in front of it. Mm. Doesn't this sound like a formula for disaster? Yep. And, of course, he's saying, look, when you hook the big fish, they're going to sound. Now, sound is a word for going deeper into the water. Mm. So I'm just thinking, no, no, you're going to hook the kelp. 
And the kelp isn't going to jump around. It's just going <laughs> to stay down there. And so are you. <laughs> right. So it's 8 o'clock at night. We've been fishing for 16 hours, right? We're like an hour away from dinner now. I'm ready to go in now. But no, we're going to drag through one more kelp bed. <laughs> and sure enough, he snags a big piece of kelp. Now, he's done this before. And every time he snags a big piece of kelp, he's like, oh, I got a big one. And he wrestles with it for a while. And the thing always seems to get away. Kelp fitching 101. But this time it doesn't. This time it hooks up hard. And he can't get the rod up. And he's talking to the rod. He's like, oh, you want to play it off, huh? Oh, you're a rowdy fish. Oh, this guy's a tough one. He's a big one. And I'm maneuvering the boat, you know, to keep him close to the kelp bed. Oh, dude, just push him in and end the story, man. <laughs> so this time it doesn't let go. I am keep circling around and around. And every time I get a little bit further away, of course, he's saying the fish is running because the line's going out. And every time I get closer, he's reeling it in mm. over and over and over again. And this time it just doesn't let go. An hour goes oh, by. Oh, my God. And there's all these boats watching now, right? It's a spectator sport <laughs> trying to see oh us reel God. in the biggest damn piece of kelp known to man. Yeah, but they don't think it's kelp. They're all like, oh, my God, he's got he, the biggest fish ever. He's got the biggest fish ever. And then the fish master. And imagine putting that on your business the card. Fish, fish master. master. Fish the fish master calls on the radio that it's getting close to sunset. It's time for the boats to come in. And boats start coming in. And I asked Jimmy, I said, what do you want me to do? And he goes, I ain't leaving. I'm like, all right, I'm not talking on the radio then. One of the other boats says, hey, boat 22's caught the biggest fish known to man. And I think they're going to be a while. They've been fighting it for an hour now. <laughs> so now everybody knows. And the fish master comes on the radio. It says, hey, 22, do you need some help? And I, I say to Jimmy, do we need some help? And Jimmy goes, no, I got it. And so I go on the radio and say, if anybody's got a crane, bring it over. <laughs> 20 more minutes go by, okay? I'm now missing my dinner. Uh, oh, that's bad. It's getting dark. I got a feeling he didn't listen to your many repeated words of wisdom uh, from your experience in, on the sea. Yeah. Yeah. And at this point, I've got the boat positioned so that we're directly in front of the snag, and I'm backing away from it into the wind. So we're pretty much holding still. And he's still pulling away. And oddly enough, this fish isn't coming up. I wonder why. And the <laughs> fish master calls again. He says, do you guys want some help? And I look at Jimmy. I said, you want some help? Jimmy says, yeah. So I call the fish master. I say, yes, please. And the fish master comes out on the boat, maneuvers his boat up right beside us, ties off, jumps into our boat, grabs the rod, pulls on it once, looks at him and goes, dude, you got a snag. Let's the line loose and then reels it up, unhooks <laughs> it instantly. We've been there for 90 minutes. This guy's got the thing up in 30 seconds. Yeah. That's why he's the fish master. I love it. Did you take out your camera at that instant and take a picture of your friend? Well, no. I waited because there's a better moment. Okay. Right? Huh. The fish master then goes, sorry to spoil your fun, dude. Jumps back into his boat and jets away. <laughs> so I turn the boat around and head back to the dock. Of course, Everybody knows about this fish story. So they're all waiting on the dock for us to haul in a whale. And we arrive with nothing. Yeah, it just got away, man. But Jimmy's got the story. He's got the story of hooking the biggest fish ever. And that fish was so smart, it ran into the kelp, spat the hook out, and connected it to a rock. And then left. Is that what he said? That's what he said. <laughs> And the, one of the fish dock guys comes up to me, pats me on the shoulder, and says, uh, so what happened? He says, we got a snag. Apparently, it was the biggest fish in the world. And 90 minutes later, it was a snag. And he pats me on the back and says, 
Shit happens, man. <laughs> now you're willing to eat a cold pork chop. Oh. Call me Ishmael. There you go. <laughs> okay, Ishmael. So I'll tell you, the whole thing about fishing is this smell. It's the smell of salt, old whiskey, old sweat socks, and moldy fish guts. And this is a privilege that I paid a lot of money for. Let me Gross. tell you. After a week, 2000 bucks. I could have gone to Vegas and then come home, hit the Safeway on the way, and got more fish. <laughs> <laughs> well, Richard, uh, remind me not to ask you how your week was next week. <laughs> oh, man, I went to Safeway. I had an awesome time. I got so many fish, man. I got the big one. So, Mark, what's your fish story this week? Um, you know, I don't think we have time for my fish story. <laughs> I just don't think we do. We'll just do a tell it again. But I, I, have, a, I have actually a boat story that uh, is very similar to this, or, or not similar to this, but it's a it's a tale of survival out on the open sea. Uh, that parts of it I think are hilarious, but I think it might be better if we do that later on. In the interest of time, that's what I'm thinking. Well, should we tell them what we were doing uh, last week when we signed off the last show? You know, we told listeners that we were going on a two week vacation. I know, but that's right. what, what we, we couldn't tell you is that we were really going on a secret mission. That's right, Carl. While the rest of the world slept like babies, blind to the ever-growing danger of a full-scale simian takeover, oh, the Anti-Monkey Brigade has been preparing for a preemptive strike against the evil monkey-doers. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Our story started two weeks ago with our arrival at basic anti-monkey training. Like I already told you, man, I'm just here for the story, okay? <laughs> this whole thing is nuts, if you ask me. Carl, you've seen the intelligence. You've heard the reports. The satellite photos do not lie. Right now as we speak, we know there is a huge monkey force amassing in Southeast Asia, getting ready to wipe out mankind and take back this planet. Yeah, listen, Mark, I know you're really into this monkey taking over the world thing, okay? But I really think that maybe, just maybe... You might be blowing this thing just a little bit out of proportion. Yeah, we'll be. We'll see about Elf that. Elf Squad knows that privates in the first anti-monkey brigade will not speak unless spoken to first. Hey, read me, private chatty patty. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Only a monkey nut roller says, "Oh yeah." Privates in the anti-monkey brigade will respond in the affirmative with a loud and resounding "Yes, Sergeant," and in the negative with an even louder and more resounding "No, Sergeant." Do you understand me, Private P. Brain? Uh, Private P. Brain, I am talking to you. Do you understand me? Uh, yes, Sergeant. No doubt monkey feces has been stuck in my ear by the enemy, for I am unable to hear you, Private P. Brain. Yes, Sergeant. I can't hear you. Yes, Sergeant. Now, what is your name, Private P. Brain? Carl Franklin. Well, Franklin, tell me, what brings a monkey lover such as yourself into our midst? Well, I'm not really a monkey lover, but, uh, you know... Why are I'm you here, like Franklin? Me. Why are you here? Uh, well, I'm doing a story for Mondays. It's a comedy... Franklin, what are you? Some kind of simian sympathizer? You look like a primate Peter Puffer to me. I better not catch you puffing any primate Peter. Because we don't let monkey nut rollers in the Delta Squad. Look, I don't know what you're talking to, Peter. Peter Puffin? Monkey nut roller? What? I don't even think those are real words. Franklin, don't you know there's a war going on? At this very moment, the enemy is preparing to launch a full-scale attack on mankind. The enemy wants to drink your beer, drive your car... 
move into your home and monkey bone your girlfriend. <laughs> and Franklin, if the monkey menace succeeds in their evil plans, where do you think you'll be when the smoke clears? I, I, uh... I'll tell you where you'll be, Private Franklin. If you're lucky, you'll be dead. I'm just wondering if there isn't some way, you know, that monkey kind and mankind can all get along, you know? Kind of like that We Are the World song where we could just like... I can't believe what I'm hearing, Private Monkey Blower. Tell me, do you wipe your own ass or does your mama do it for you? (laughs) Your daddy must be a monkey. And we can therefore conclude that your mama is Monkey Peter Puffer just like you, Private Franklin. I know you'd rather be bumping and grinding with some swollen red baboon but We're your Delta Squad now and your ass is mine, Private. All mine! I think we've had enough chit-chat with Private Monkey Nut Sucker. Hey, you, what's your name? Mark Miller, sir. Why are you here, Miller? I just want to kill monkeys. Miller, that's the best goddamn answer I've ever heard. What? That brings a tear to my eye. Basic training went by in a blur. In no time, the sergeant had turned a bunch of yellow-bellied monkey lovers into men trained to kill simians on sight. Basic training was over, but there was no time to celebrate. That night, after dinner, we packed up our gear with the sergeant and strapped ourselves into the belly of a C-130. And while no one except maybe the Sarge was certain of our destination, we all knew one thing for sure. We were going to kill monkeys. <laughs> Man, that's uh, intense. That guy was a little little rough, wasn't he, Mark? I kind of connected with him. Yeah? <laughs> Got a sense of what he was saying. He was kind of a jerk, I thought. It's kind of tough love. You well, know. anyway, we're going to be bringing you uh, more in the series of what happened on our on our two weeks vacation, and uh, with three other, at least three or four other episodes in the next uh, episodes of Mondays. But now it's time for the week in geek, and this is where I scan the internet for news. Uh, about geeky stuff and freaky stuff and embellish it just a little bit to make it a little more interesting. Story number one, Hasta La Vista, baby. Microsoft this week announced the name of the next version of Windows, the code name of which is Longhorn. Windows Vista registered off the charts in customer satisfaction, a spokesperson inside Microsoft told Mondays. The list of names that did not make the short list includes Windows Coke, Windows Sprite, and Windows 7 Up. (laughs) Story number two. Drug makers develop voluntary ad principles. Reuters is reporting that a drug industry lobbying group responded to a growing backlash against consumer-directed advertisements on Thursday by setting voluntary guidelines they said would make the ads more educational and balanced. The lobbyists got the attention of the pharmaceutical companies by picketing their offices with signs that read, Free Money. (laughs) I thought that was pretty good. Story number three. New York sues Sprint, Nextel, and T-Mobile on ads. The New York City Department of Consumer Affairs said on Thursday that it sued three of the top U.S. mobile providers, Sprint Corporation, T-Mobile USA, and Nextel Communications, accusing them of misleading consumers through their advertising. 
Sprint responded with a new ad campaign showing a small group of unwashed nerds frolicking in a colorful field while a sexy female voice says, Ask your doctor about Sprint. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. That's the solution, apparently. Story number four, Desperate Housewives in Action. AdAge.com in New York reports that a new offensive against rival ABC's wildly successful Sunday night show, Desperate Housewives, CBS will launch a crop of action-adventure movies when the TV season resumes in September, including titles such as Columbo Island, (laughs) Matlock Factor, and the (laughs) ever-popular Barnaby Jones Camp. Uh, uh. Yeah. I need to see my doctor, man. (laughs) I think you should ask your doctor. (laughs) Ask your doctor about Sprint. Well, finally, uh, this week, the Space Shuttle Discovery is all set to launch Tuesday. That would be July 26, 2005. After a series of setbacks and last-minute repairs that have turned the once ultra-zealous space shuttle-watching public into an unruly mob of nail-biting nervous Nellies. The psychosis started on July 12th when a cover panel on the number seven cockpit window fell off as the orbiter sat on the launch pad late in the afternoon. NASA technicians were able to replace the two protective tiles near the tail that were damaged by the falling panel, and all systems were go for the next day's liftoff. But then, just before launch, they discovered a faulty fuel sensor, and the launch was scrubbed so repairs could be made. Basically, the dashboard indicator was reporting that a tank was full, even when it wasn't. Oh, that would suck, wouldn't it, Carl? I mean, you think you have enough gas to get to the moon and back, but then your (laughs) ride stalls before you're even halfway there, and then you're floating out of gas in some backwoods sector of space where all the low-life aliens (laughs) hang out. Your only source of entertainment is like an old copy of Popular Science, because that nurse ratchet witch back at Mission Control (laughs) confiscated your latest issue of Maxim before liftoff. You know the one, Carl. It was the one with the hot chick issue. It was the hot chick issue. The one with a picture of the hot chick on the cover. That one. That's the one I'm talking about. And of course, your co-pilot just happens to be a voluptuous Russian cosmonaut, and she's wearing this tight blue satin shirt. And I'm telling you, even at zero G's, the buttons are about to pop at any minute. But but no, she's she's all business and no play, Carl. Kind of like bringing along Donald Trump with a nasty case to constipation. Oh boy, Carl! It's times like this that I really wish I'd bought um, brought along my pheromones 10x secret formula that I bought from that woman who advertises in the back pages of Popside. You know, you know the one, Carl, that lady with the creepy smile. Uh, yep. Oh man, stuck in space with a hot cosmonaut and no pheromones to make you smell like a Russian stud muffin. Man, I hate it when that happens. I'm so glad to be back. Oh, man. Well, and now, even though NASA says they are still trying to find out what caused the fuel sensor to malfunction, they've fixed it, and they're going ahead with the launch on Tuesday. So Monday's correspondent, Mark Miller, spoke with NASA chief shuttle technician, Professor Igor Schmeckel, who also happens to be the world's foremost expert in loose space shuttle parts. Mark, did you get an interview with Professor Schmeckel? Uh, yes, I did this time, Carl. I spoke with the professor at length on his cell phone yesterday while he and his team were performing uh, last-minute inspections before the big launch. Um, Jeff, can you roll the interview, please? Uh, yeah, hang on a sec. So tell me, Professor Schmuckle, are you still looking for the cause of the fuel sensor malfunction? Uh, well, Mr. Miller, uh, my last name is Schmeckle. 
Oh, right. Yes. I'm sorry. We'll, uh, we'll cut that out of the interview. Um, I'll make sure I get that right. Thank you. Now, tell me, Mr. Uh, Shickleshack Shore Shinshin, have you found the cause of the malfunction? Well, as a matter of fact, we did, yes. And specifically, it was yours truly who finally deduced the cause uh, using the scientific method and the application of pure logic. Uh, so what was it? It was um, uh, a bite. A bite? Eight bits? Um, a bite, what? a bite, as in with teeth. I found a friggin' mouse nest in between the hydrogen tanks. Oh, I see. <laughs> and uh, what about that panel that damaged some of the tiles before the first launch date? You didn't really hear much about that. Yes, well, uh, that's not the only problem that got a little pressed. Uh, in fact, just within the last week, I've spotted 27 life-threatening problems uh, with the diligent application of theory, hypothesis, research, and a liberal <laughs> dial-up of lubricant gathered from the end of my radius bone. Wait, 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 wait. Lubricant? Lubricant on your radius bone? Yeah, that would be elbow grease, my young Neanderthal friend. <laughs> After a liberal application, I'm pleased to say that all manner of error were corrected by uh, myself. Oh, really? <laughs> what sort of problems did you fix? Well, just yesterday, for example, I was crawling through the aft cabin, and I got a whiff of cyanacrylate, uh, which I'm sure I don't have to tell you, is C5H5NO2, a highly unstable compound that sometimes is used as a super polymer in the binding of insulation to engine casing. Jeepers, Mr. Short and Shimmy, ha-ha. What did you do? Ahem, it's uh, Schmeckle, and, well, I did what any real scientist would do. I applied the scientific method, gathering data, forming hypothesis, writing down my observations, setting up experiments, testing my theories, testing, testing. You can't do enough testing, my boy, and correlating the data, and finally coming to a conclusion, <laughs> confirming without a doubt that the previous <laughs> alleged scientists at NASA who repaired a hole in the wall had used C5H5NO2 instead of the standard bonding polymer used on spacecraft. And if they had taken off like that, the shuttle would have erupted in an enormous fireball. Wow. It appears as if you've really saved the day, Professor Shakeshaft. Yeah, yes, well, I, uh, it, it's Schmeckle. Uh, do you have a brain problem, young man? Hmm? What? What? I... Huh? Uh, uh, anyway, uh, to give you another example... Last Friday, I was monitoring the electrical system, and I spotted an almost imperceptible fluctuation in the voltage flowing to one of the starboard satirizic hydrovators. <laughs> and the previous hacks and slacks had hooked up a scheduler 2000, which apparently some technician bought on eBay for a hundred bucks. And, well, you can imagine the unleashing chaos as power fluctuated outside the scheduler's capacity. So, so what was the problem? Well, after an exhaustive night of calculations and the application of my razor-sharp logic, 
<laughs> I determined that the large capacitor in the transfabulator's logic board was caught in a vicious cycle of charging and discharging. Uh, that seemingly insignificant fluctuation was completely benign on the launch pad. But if they had launched, the minute those solid rocket boosters kicked in, the shuttle would have erupted in an enormous fireball. <laughs> Jeez, I'm crow. What would NASA ever do without you, Mr. Shakalaka Boom Boom? <laughs> indeed, Mr. Miller, indeed. Uh, why, it's just like I tell all my students, the first rule of observation is... Uh, well, well, what is that? It appears that the... One of the hydrogen lines has sprung a leak. <laughs> is is it everything okay? I'm I'm heading over to where the leak is, and it looks like a, a group of so-called technicians have arrived <laughs> on the scene. Hey, hey, hey! Get that Ouija board out of here! <laughs> what, what, the, what the hell is that thing? A dowsing rod? <laughs> Must have gotten that at Caltech. Do you think you can fix it, Mr. Sugar Smacky? Smackle. Smackle, goddammit. Smackle. N-C-H. Meckle. Is my last name too big of a signal for the left side of your ADD-ridden cerebrum to send to your mouth? Or has your tongue been destroyed by years of gorging on jalapeno cheese whiz? Um, no, I really wasn't prepared for a multiple-choice question here, Mr. All right, you ought to know that carnival boxes step aside and let a real scientist through. Why, I'll have this fixed in no time. Give me that hammer. Give it to me. Hammer? Oh, God. Now, observe my keen and swift powers of observation. I've informed me that this tank here has a small rupture... Somewhere along the base. Doesn't sound good. You can obviously <laughs> yeah. see some corrosion in the weld between the platforms. Uh, so, uh, uh, just want to explain that clanking sound to our listeners. Obviously, you're listening for the Doppler effect to determine the location of the leak. Is that right, Professor uh, Schmeckel? No, I'm just rocking the shit out of the tank with a hammer to close the gap. <laughs> to force this opening shut with a little elbow grease. Just a few more wax. <laughs> well, I don't think we'll be hearing from him much for a while. And that is the week in Geek, ladies and gentlemen. Man, I feel bad for that. For that schmucky guy. Schmeckle. Schmucker. But he was, was okay. I talked was? to him a little bit more afterwards, but... Oh, he was. He survived that? Yeah. Cell phone oh, did, too. No, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk to him did later. Did you actually get his name right there? I yeah, I felt so. it at last moment. Well, you know, I have... I, there might be something wrong with my brain, actually. No. <laughs> actually... No. no way. I, no. I can concede that, I think. I like the way you just the way you are, Mark. Well, okay. anyway, it's time for girl. Oh, time yeah. Girl, time for girl. Wait, girl. Girl. Music. All right. So um, last night I had my party and whatever, and one of the one of the guests there was my junior prom date from high oh, school. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, he was there, and um, and we danced like we did in my junior year of high school. But all those years ago, and did you go in the backseat of the car just like you did back then too? 
So you got no, a hickey is what you're saying? <laughs> no, actually. On my junior prom, I went home with another guy, kind of. Well, I didn't ah. go home with, but whatever. I, so it's just like your junior prom. <laughs> it was just like my junior prom. I went home with another guy. Well, the other thing is, my junior high prom date, um, he's gay now. Ah, and he brought, there you go. Yeah, I mean, he was gay then, too. Who were we trying to kid? But I didn't know it. But, <laughs> Karen, but if was, you were a plane, you'd have like little silhouettes of gay men, you know, lined up <laughs> along the front. <laughs> about on my mud flaps, you mean? If I was a plane, that's just what I'd do. Yeah. yeah. Well, here's the thing. I think you may need little pink notches in your belt. I do. Uh, something I, like that. Little oh, pink geez. notches in my belt. <laughs> Here's the thing. He brought his husband, and I've come to a conclusion. I'm not for gay marriage. I'm not. Whoa. Because here's the thing. I married a gay man, and it was not good. <laughs> 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 I am not for gay marriage. <laughs> it can make my life a living hell. If you're, if you're gay, great, but don't get married. You know, um, because nothing good comes from being married to a gay man, except <laughs> maybe knowing, you know, how to have fabulous hair and um, <laughs> and an apartment that always smells good and uh, an amazing dance partner. <laughs> and, you know, someone who knows how to do a place setting with three, pol- three plates, one bowl, a napkin and votive holders turned with a name card that are so beautiful that it makes you want to cry. Hmm. You know what, actually, yeah, I would have been happy to live the lie. (laughs) (laughs) But now I'm stuck married to a straight guy who doesn't even know a cornice piece, you know, or how to craft anything from bamboo. (laughs) You know, actually, I am for gay marriage, now that I'm thinking of it. Oh, boy. (laughs) So so what is your position exactly? I'm trying to figure this out. (laughs) No, I'm I'm all for gay marriage, just not to me. Is my is the bottom line. <laughs> I don't okay. want gay men to marry me anymore. I did it for eleven years and I'm done. But I no, I currently have a straight husband, and the only I wanted to talk about. He went to a um a management seminar the other day, and the guy giving this management seminar goes into this whole thing about how the the generation, my generation, really, um, which are I guess whatever are called, I don't know what they're called, but the Gen Xers or whatever he said, yeah. they're so lazy because they grew up on Sesame Street. It's the first hmm. generation that has grown up on Sesame Street. And so therefore they have the false notion that learning is fun and it's not, <laughs> right? And so that's what has happened, right? So I'm telling this to my friend and he was like, yes, that is so how it is. And I was like, Please, your entire life is orchestrated around how to smoke pot and sit on the couch. Smoke pot, sit on the couch. Smoke pot, sit on the couch. You consider anything else an infringement on smoking pot and sitting on the couch. Uh, And there was never a Sesame Street episode where Big Bird toked it up in the nest. There was never an episode when the entire cast sat around on a couch. You're just a lazy and don't blame Grover. and I'm telling my other friend about this, and he's like, "Well, that Sesame Street theory—that's one way to look at it. But um, another way is that we're just not motivated by corporate greed, so therefore we're not successful in the workplace." And I thought about this, and I said, "Okay, but what about the fact that you haven't been motivated to wash your kitchen floor since I've known you? Is that because of corporate greed too? <laughs> Does corporate greed cause you to, instead of washing the sheets on your bed?" 
turn them inside out? Oh. Oh. It must be those damn insensitive callous corporations that caused you to go three to four days without showering or leaving the house. (laughs) Those damn large corporations. I'll show them. I'll never get off this couch. (laughs) That's all I really have to say about this. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Oh, my God. Girl. 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 That's a girl. Girl. Wow, that was awesome. Boy, it's so good to be back, isn't it? That, that was yeah. that was awesome, Karen, man, because <laughs> I just keep thinking about Grover smoking the joint, man, yeah. and he's like, <laughs> I love that. Mm-hmm. Food and fruit and high. <laughs> so now we know why like, Cookie mm. Monster's always always got the munchies. Yeah, that's it's why. Like, that's so exactly voracious, it. Right, yeah. That's exactly it. I love that. Yeah, that's it. It's all because of Sesame Street. Cookie well, that, Monster that really is yeah. the episode yeah. where Snuffleupagus went invisible. Yeah. Well, do, well, <laughs> do you know they had to bring him back? He can't be invisible anymore because it was too trippy for, like, they didn't want kids to get all screwed up. That was the up. mushroom episode, I think. Oh, exactly. my God. What would they have done with Alice in Wonderland? You know, can you imagine if that came out as a children's story today? People would just go nuts. Yeah. Well, anyway, I didn't mean to bring everybody down, but it's time for Richard, the toy boy. Bringing us the toys, the weird, the wild, the wonderful on the net. And Richard, I know you've got a stockpile of crazy shit to talk about. Well, you know, with our hiatus for a couple of weeks, uh, you know, the toy sending never let up. And uh, (laughs) there's a bunch of aspiring Gary Stanleys out there. I'm getting a lot of different messages. And, you know, Mark brought up the point that I may just have my finger on the pulse of the technology world now because there's some (laughs) toys that just gets sent to me by so many different people. So I'm going to have to tell you guys, I can't give you credit anymore because, A, I usually find them anyway, and, B, you're all sending them to me. (laughs) So I'm going to start us off with easily the most sent toy, the one that everybody sent me, and I got it Shrinksterized at shrinkster.com slash 6, Victor Charlie, 6VC. Now, actually, I've got you linked to the English translation of a Russian site, it's a, an art site by a guy named Artemy oh. Lebedev, very Russian. <laughs> so sweet. And it's called the Optimus Keyboard. Now, I don't think this keyboard actually physically exists. I think this is like Photoshop images of what a keyboard is going to exist. Although, if you go into the answer section, they say they're going to build it next year. All right? So, you know, look the, if you look at the, the cast here, there's modelers and visualizers. Here's the concept of the keyboard. Each one of the keys is a little LCD display so that you can customize what the keys look like. That's hot. Wow. Isn't that neat? That's great. If you scroll down a ways into this, you can see they've used different key sets, uppercase, lowercase. Yeah. They show a quake configuration. Yeah, that's great. What's a quake configuration? You really don't know anything, do you? That, That icon is Emule and Quake is, you know, one of the world's most popular series of video games ever. No. Oh, just, just you know, just checking. <laughs> Jeff, that's a great pickup line for girls, by the way. You don't know anything, do you? I know. Jeff is really a smooth one that's, with the ladies. That's Internet you don't Explorer. Know any- <laughs> I'm so way smarter than you. <laughs> um, what's Internet Explorer? <laughs> 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 Bitch, 
just like, love the show. Yeah, you know, contrary to what you might think, Karen, I'm not like all those nerds that you knew in high school. <laughs> I have no shortage of girls who want to be with me. Oh, are you gay? Because that's what happened to all the guys that I knew in high school. No, but they are. Is that are. what you're trying to say? Lots of people send a key- keyboard. If you look through the site for a ways, you'll see there's an intent to build it, but it doesn't actually exist yet. There's a Russian version of the site if you're so inclined to look at that. Uh, cool idea. Who knows if it's actually going to happen. You know, Richard, if they get this thing perfected, they could use it at Burger King and McDonald's and maybe even Wendy's. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. Do you know what I think we should do a puppet show of Mondays? Don't you think that would be funny? Ooh, we could take some <laughs> drugs first and call it puppet shows. And- I'm serious. Moving on to shrinkster.com slash six Victor Delta six VD venereal disease. <laughs> The Fatuba site. Fatuba, for those of you who don't know, makes remote controls and gear for remote control aircraft, and they've now made a Windows remote control. Wow. So take a look at this. This is called the the 14MZ, and the whole bottom of it is a touchscreen LCD panel running Windows CE. Wow. Cool. Isn't this cool? You could program this with Visual Studio.net, could you not? In theory, you could actually program this. So I'm just thinking about all the ways you can crash your airplane now. <laughs> and crash your controller and your airplane. You pick up, there you you pick up your controller because it fell on the ground. You accidentally press the self-destruct panel button. <laughs> well, one of the concepts is that you'll be able to, uh, to program configurations for each of your planes little trim settings and so forth, so it's easier to switch uh, between aircraft and stuff. If you're into that sort of thing, I've done my best to resist this because it's just yet another sinkhole of time. One of the things that's cool about this, though, is it's got an adjustable backlighting uh, and contrast uh, so that they claim easy visibility even in direct sunlight, which when I first saw this, I was like, okay, yeah, right, let's get an LCD screen and stick it out in the sun and see how well we can see it. never see the thing again. And the resolution's really high. 640 by 240, like, to hell with flying your airplane, you can play a video game on it. <laughs> play Quake while you're, uh... Yeah, that's a video game, by the way, Karen. Yeah, thanks, while Jeff. You're, uh, while you you're know what? You are plane. smarter than me. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Apparently, I touched some kind of mem with people when I brought you the Wiener Octopus. Oh, I love that oh, link. I and I got this link. Shrinkster.com slash six Victor Echo... V-E. Oh, I see a dot J-P. It's a Japanese site. Oh, no. And I don't understand what they're actually trying to sell oh, here. All God. I know is... It like fingers. It's wiener it's art. It's origami for wieners. <laughs> origami for don't wieners. Don't play with good your description food. Of what this is. I mean, wiener elephants, wiener hippos, wiener koala Whoa, bears. Wiener sushi. Wiener sharks. I do like the elephant. Wiener reindeer. Check out the wiener sushi on the bottom left. Yeah. Yeah. Will, what is wrong what, with these wiener people? Wiener flower. Holy crap. What, what is wrong with these people? What are they selling? Well, I don't think they actually eat the hot dog, and they're just trying to celebrate, you know, American ingenuity, I suppose, right? But, you, you know, you hit it. It's really like an origami site because each one of these different things is a link that gives you an instructional video on how to make your wiener into one of these. Are you, you know? serious? Hey, Holy wow. crap. Well, not- so, you know, if you click on the shark, it's going to pull up a little window pop-up that's going to show you step-by-step step how to cut your wiener to make a shark. Hey, Richard, the elephant one has a USB connector. Uh, <laughs> okay. That's the yeah. way to get the laughs, Jeff, man. Uh, 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 
Thanks. Thanks for your support. There, All right, here Jeff. we go. You're really contributing. <laughs> Actually, Jeff, I kind of agreed with you on that last one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you know. Okay, okay, man, what's next? Well, moving on to happier toys, <laughs> let me take you to a, a pair that sort of work together. So we'll start with shrinkster.com slash six Victor Foxtrot. That's six Yanko VF. design. To Yanko Design. Oh, yeah. And the Alessi like Mr. Suicide Bathtub Plug. Oh, I love it. Oh. I'm getting this for my kids great? now. So it's a bathtub plug that has this little guy with his eyes X'd out and, and a big grimace that'll float so you don't have to reach down into the tub to pull the plug. <laughs> Mr. Suicide. Oh, God. Is that great? Uh, except for I'm not going to call this bucks. Mr. Suicide. I'm going to call this Mr. Pink Guy strapped down against his will. <laughs> <laughs> See, the designer is Dimension. Italian. We're going to keep yeah. pulling the blood until he goes under and he drops. This is a result of what Ernie and Bert. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, Ernie and Bert did this. I'm going to change directions here because this is a product I think I have to get Carl because I know he needs it. Shrinkster.com slash six Victor Romeo six VR virtual reality. The quick top, the locking cap for your bottle. Good idea. And I was just thinking, you know, you had some scotch problems there. Yeah, some of my booze Carl, started. So here you get uh, a combination lock that goes on your scotch bottle. Keep those f***ers mm. at the party from taking your drink. There you go. Carl, your scotch disappeared or, or got stale? Uh, no, it started disappearing. Oh. Uh. Did you talk to your three-year-old kid? Clara. No, this wasn't Clara? at home. This is in the office. Uh, somebody's been nipping my booze, Yeah, but she man. sometimes stays over here. <laughs> a little nightcap <laughs> for Clara. <laughs> Have a little Valium, honey. There you Take go. A little nap. And in an also related product, I had one that this is one that's been hanging around for a while. And I I've just been saving it up till I was properly pissed off and talking about it. <laughs> so shrinkster.com slash six Victor Yankee. V Y. Let's talk a little bit about the shooter buddy. Shooter buddy. So here's the story of the shooter buddy. They call it an oh, aging yeah. accelerator. <laughs> I love that. They got one for wine and one for shot glasses. So the idea is you're supposed to add 10 years of aging to your <laughs> booze in seconds by sticking it in this thing. Aww. Now, what it is, is a set of neodymium magnets. Now, these are very high-powered magnets. So they're really good for screwing up computers and television sets and things like this. But supposedly, they'll align the atoms <laughs> in the booze the same way that properly aged booze is what aligned. What the f*** is it with magnets and magical powers, man? Haven't we just figured yeah. out that they're just magnets? It's a magnet! Just stop it! But Richard, <laughs> it makes a great gift. Makes a great gift. And if you gift. put nails on the other side of your head, you can use it to <laughs> suck the nails in your head and kill yourself, man. <laughs> there you go. It's your suicide, now buddy. You're thinking. Oh. How it works. Huh. Yeah, go ahead. Take yeah. the got a good story there. The shooter buddy. How many of these things are being sold as gags? How, how much are they? Do we know? They're they're between depending on the model, thirty to sixty dollars. Wow. I know. Uh, yeah, well, okay. Yeah. Right. The shooter buddy. Sure. We're gonna have to start doing a sanction on debunking stupid. I think crap. that's a good idea. That's what we're gonna have Definitely to do. Definitely a good idea. I'm gonna take you to another site. It's just sort of an oddball thing that maybe you want to own, although it comes from drinkstuff.com. It's got nothing to do with drinking anything. Shrinkster.com slash six, whiskey one, W1. This one has potential. 
I think I may need to own one of these. Only 15 pounds. <laughs> it's the talking toilet paper roll. <laughs> I love this. Oh, that- so the idea is you can make your own recording into the toilet paper roll, and when somebody spins it, it plays. Okay. This could be some trouble. I'm just trying to think of what you know, to say. I, the only recording I can think of off the top of my head is, Damn! <laughs> That was pretty good. See, I just leave messages for my wife, you know, like if somebody called. Can you pick up some milk on the way home? Something yeah. like that. Oh, hey, honey, since you're sitting down, this would be a good time for me to tell you. I've left you. Are you ready? This is a U- a Japanese USB food toy. Shrinkster.com slash six whiskey two. No, it's not a USB key. It's something much more horrible than that. I'm just in awe. What the hell is this thing? I... From the Tech Japan side. I have no idea. It's a USB Naga, Nagas, Nagashi Sumin. Nagashi Sumin means flowing noodles. Now, go with me on this one. Now, normally, the way you do this in Japan, apparently, is they take a bamboo pole, they split it in half, and then they slide noodles down it, and people eat them as they flow by. Cool. This is called fun. Okay. So, a company called ComSatellite has made a product which translates to, and I quote, certain kill. Sumi Mawashi. All right. Certain kill. What this thing looks like is a bowl with a block in the middle of it with a USB cable coming out of it, which is essentially a pump that will pump noodles around in a circle for you in water. Yeah. 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 So there and you go. And it's getting a little... If you've ever need, had a need to make a swimming pool with flowing noodles, you can buy a product dedicated What's to that What's disturbing purpose. is that you would have a bowl of water so close to your computer. But you could put fish yeah. in there, right? And they just swim around. Round and around and around. And then you suck them up. Look, they have a little uh, RSS feed there. So, you know, if you want to subscribe to the USB noodle floater channel, <laughs> you can do that. Hmm. That's actually a subscription to Tech Japan, which has all kinds of goodies. Great place for really wacky USB Japanese stuff. <laughs> wow. Excellent. Hey, as a total aside, Richard, I was I was tooling yeah. around the Monday's website, and that picture of you in Star Wars as who? Anakin? No, no, Obi-Wan. No, it's... Uh, it's a young... It's, it's Obi-Wan. Oh, it's the young... Okay. Um, totally hot. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> find this mildly attractive yeah i gotta get hair like that what can i tell you that's probably more uh the ewan mcgregor than the richard campbell that you're seeing yeah i think you're seeing the ewan (laughs) what i find fascinating about that comment karen is that in the original star wars show that we did mark's comment was i think i'm gonna turn gay oh mark we have the same taste in men she was hot man (laughs) <laughs> not so much and yoda not as hot but <laughs> richard you totally you totally got it was on on richard's picture that's what that's right no, you, said, you, you know i i thought i thought for a minute i might turn gay okay well if you do it was so handsome yeah we'll be fighting over the same men then mark if you turn gay photoshop right. is pretty good stuff isn't it <laughs> all right Funny. sorry switching over to the <laughs> world richard. of the really really scary Shrinkster.com slash six whiskey four. Technically not a toy, just a man who freaks oh, me out. He's man. using toys. 
What this guy's doing is mm. sticking needles in his face and pumping saline oh. solution into them to make various parts of his head bulge. I did not need to see this, man. Dude, this is insane. <laughs> the, the only one that's funny on this is the donut-shaped one he put in his head. Yeah, the one with a dent <laughs> in his head? What a freak, man. What? You know, you really wanted to be on TV that bad, huh? Okay, I'm going oh, back to shrinks.com and just pretend God. I didn't see that. Yeah, that's going right. to keep me up at night. Oh. There you go. Yeah, it's disturbing. It's weird. It kind of makes Jeff look like right. a nice guy in a stud. What's, the, yeah. same what's time, with the one where it? he's holding a banana and flipping off the camera? What's that all about? Is that art or what? How there did he go. make that thing on his arm? He's got like a leaf imprint on his arm or some kind of fish bone. Once he stretches his skin out with the saline solution under it, then he allows some of it to drain out while he presses something in, and he gets that sort of indentation. Cool. Ouch. I got two toys left for you, and I'm going to end on a high note of sorts. So another very popularly sent toy to me. A number of people sent me this one, and I've looked at a lot of different sites on it, but I've gotten to the source site of a u- truly unique product at shrinkster.com slash 6 whiskey 6 6W6. We'll take you to oh, yes. the Laugh Juicer. <laughs> laugh Juicer. Check it out, boys oh, and girls. Oh, my God. It's a stool that's got a juicing thing in the center of it and a little oh, channel cut into the back my God. to allow the juice to drain. Now, and the quote is, you can't touch, but you can drink my juice. Oh my Scroll God. down a bit and you'll see various utilizations of this particular product. Now, what I don't like is it says additional collaborator, Phil Worthington. Does that mean that's a guy I'm looking at? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. And the quotes, redesign of a food processor. <laughs> Apparently, they are available to order, but I haven't gotten a price on it. Yeah. Uh, Sexiest juicer so in the game. You can go and check a few photos further down <laughs> for some detail shots on utilization. Of the lap juicer, but it just has <laughs> possibilities, doesn't it? I, I love the uh, quote. It's half art, half design, half social commentary, and I f***ing love it. <laughs> <laughs> that is insane. I can't decide if this is the best idea ever or if it's just too gross to think about drinking fresh squeezed juice mixed in with some it's ass wet of a stripper <laughs> named Candy. A moneymaker. Oh yeah, I definitely. Oh yeah, you go. You got a winner. There's guys here. that are going to pay a lot of money for ass juice. I can tell you that. Oh my god. <laughs> I, I don't think we need to go any more in that story, there, Karen. Oh, well, right. I yeah. wasn't giving you a personal anecdote. I was just looking at it, thinking, yeah, those are the kind of things that people do. Yeah. Yep. And I'd like to close out with a toy that needs so little explanation. Once you see the site, you'll know you want one. Or rather, you want one for one of your friends. Shrinkster.com slash six whiskey seven. The site says it all. Make oh, a bold yeah. sentence. Oh, my God. Send them a fecal gram. <laughs> this isn't what I think it yeah, is. Yeah, it is. This is what it is. They send 100% naturally, freshly squeed, human-made turds to anyone in America completely anonymously. Oh, my God. Richard, I thought it was against the law to send poo in the mail. Well, now read the phrase carefully. 
Uh, Natural, freshly squeezed human, human made, made turds. They didn't say how made. it was made. That's right. They look like shit, but they probably smell like shit actually. too. I I love their trademarked oh, yeah. phrase at the top. July is hot and steamy, so are fecal <laughs> grams. <laughs> trademarked. Oh my god! They registered that baby. Yeah. So this. And this site's not a gag. They genuinely will send this package off to whomever you want. There's a there's a great thing. I don't know if you're going to keep going with this, Richard, but uh, I've seen I've I've seen this site before, and uh, they send they'll send a message along with a fecal gram, and they give they give a little number that you can use to log into the website. So you get this box full of shit and <laughs> and a piece of paper that says I hate you, I hope you die. <laughs> <laughs> from you know you don't know who with a little number and it says go to our website enter in this number and you can send a message back to the person who sent you the box of oh. shit. <laughs> it's a totally anonymous system too. Nice. So. Yeah, that's there's awesome. a whole section on called received a frequelgram. So that's your opportunity to work backwards. Twenty five bucks. Send someone you love or not a box of shit. <laughs> and that's where I have nowhere further to go. Oh, that's Secure wonderful, Richard. and anonymous. What do you think it's really made out of? Uh, if you go into the whole um, fact section, they get into some details about how they construct this stuff. Yeah, and they say that they're, there's a question. Are fecal grams edible? And they say they're made of natural ingredients and are completely non-toxic. However, they are not intended for human consumption or consumption by any animal, for that matter. We cannot be held responsible if you choose to eat one. By the way, you're a sick puppy if you want to. <laughs> you know what? They've got this flash tour that starts out pretty cool. It says it's a known fact that, that primates, when they're unhappy, throw, will throw fecal, fecal matter at each other. And then it says, but you know what? Humans are primates, too. <laughs> so it's okay. And speaking of fecal matter, we are uh, revisiting another segment that we call Amazing Tales of Also known as number two. Thank, thank you, Carl. Uh, yes, we do have an amazing tale of poo. Um, I just want to preface this by saying that this uh, amazing tale of poo story happened to a friend of mine, not me. So oh, yeah, if you're sure. telling the story, you accidentally hear me say I, I'm referring to my friend. <laughs> All right, we got that straight. So anyway, I'll start I'll, I'll start by telling the, 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 the story started on Monday, uh, uh, I guess a week ago when you hear this recording. Um, uh, I had two appointments with, uh, members of the healthcare system in the morning. I had a, an appointment with the, my dentist and, uh, he's got to do some cast or impressions of my teeth. So he's like wedging in these oversized metal trays, uh, loaded with this impression setting gunk and stretching my mouth flesh to the very limits of human elasticity. And, uh, <laughs> and that, that ended okay. So thank God, no amazing tale of poo there, but, uh, I had a few hours to shake <laughs> off that kind of porn star feeling before my, uh, <laughs> Before my next doctor's appointment, so so then I get to the to the doctor and uh, and I'm 40 years old and uh, if you're you know if you're an American guy you're 40 years old you kind of probably know what's going to be coming up here. Oh yeah, and uh, and uh, you know the doctor's looking in my ear. He's asking me to say ah. He's doing all this stuff and this is this is really just foreplay for the main event. 
yeah. which is coming up here. He uh, he then sits down in a chair. He starts putting on the gloves, and he gets um. out the, the lubricant. He's pouring a shitload of lubricant on his hands. Oh, God. And, and he says, uh, you're going to need to uh, drop your drawers and bend over. And I'm like, uh, oh. and then out in the uh, – I, I, actually, Carl, I wanted to ask you this. Is is it the god of irony or the god of vengeance that makes the doctor's fingers the size of Coors beer cans? <laughs> I'm not sure which one. And then, like, the other thing that comes to my mind is, Jesus Christ, we have, like, com- technology to create combination locks for my Diet Coke. Why the f*** are we still doing this finger-sticking thing? You know? It's 2005, and this is the best we could do. Uh, i got to stick my finger in your ass. <laughs> so so out in the out in the waiting room, I'm sure this is like two doors away, right? My door, the door in this room is closed, and the uh, the door to the waiting room is closed. I'm sure they're able to hear phrases like uh, "Holy crap!" and <laughs> "You'll have to relax," and <laughs> and "Hey, I think you've got a nail that needs trimming." <laughs> and you have to relax for this to work. Followed by, oh. I'll f***ing relax as soon as you pull your entire arm out of my ass. <laughs> and Carl, you know, it was right about this moment when I realized that this was no human doctor. He was a oh, f***ing no. alien man, no doubt copying a free <laughs> anal probe up the previously virgin ass of yours truly. <laughs> now this just... Sh- this just shows you how bold these fucking aliens are getting, Carl. I mean, I recall a time not so long ago when anal probes were conducted with discretion, deep in the confines of the alien spacecraft on barely conscious humans, using state-of-the-art alien probing devices marked with cute alien letters that probably said something like, sterilized for your protection. I mean, I mean back in those days, it was a lot easier to spot the aliens in the crowd. I mean, as you know, the obvious clue was the big-ass zipper running down the back of their human head mask. (laughs) Oh, but the golden years of anal probing are gone, my friends. Armed with nanoscale zipper technology and intent on turning our planet into one giant McHuman-on-a-stick fast food joint, these... These intergalactic wada humpers, confident in their technological <laughs> superiority, are taunting us, practically saying to our faces, Hey, human, we own you. And oh, yes, by the way, we can stick our cleverly disguised tentacle digits up your human poo holes anytime we damn well please. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so what happened next, Mark? I'm sorry, what? So what happened next? Well, I did what any red-blooded human with a butt-probing alien halfway up his ass would do. <laughs> I, I wiggled forward until I heard a popping sound. Then <laughs> <laughs> I quickly spun around and I hopped on this alien f***er's back. <laughs> now, at this point, things became a bit dangerous. What with the latex gloves, the butthole lubricant, and all the my little processed food bits flailing around the room in an almost gleeful abandon. Oh, God! <laughs> But throughout all this chaos, you will be relieved to know that I remain focused, Carl, as we all must do in these situations of intergalactic conflict. So what'd you do? I ripped the butt prober's f***ing alien in the head mask off, man. That's what I did. 
Well, that's what I tried to do, at least. I mean, as you know, Carl, I'm determined to catch one of these alien f***ers in the act. And once I do, the world will finally be able to wake up and smell the aliens firing up their oversized deep fryers and sharpening their human popsicle sticks. And practicing phrases like, is your crispy human on a stick for here or for takeaway? But I realized that the aliens who crafted this particular human head mask were very smart. I guess they disguised the f***ing nano zipper pull tag as a giant mole. And having full control over forces of both friction and gravity, they managed to coat this giant mole with some kind of slippery micro Teflon gravity repelling coating. So I couldn't get a good grip on the f***er. <laughs> so I'm riding my doctor like a bronco. I'm pulling on this goddamn neck mole zipper tag. And out of nowhere, my doctor starts freaking out. He's yelling. He's yelling and fighting like a girl. He's swinging his arms around like a crazy like and trying to act like I'm the one who's insane. <laughs> Pretty clever, eh, Carl? I mean, that's, that's just the kind of reaction you'd expect from a hu real human being under similar cir circumstances. I mean, I told you these f***ers were clever, Carl. I told you. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, so, so what happened? Well, I, I think I'm finally starting to make some progress on the zipper. And then the security guards show up and the nurse come in and they proceeded to eject me out of the room. I mean, just uh. as I was about to get it open. I mean, no doubt these aliens have already started their infiltration of the security system on our planet. <laughs> <sighs> so anyway, Carl, that's my amazing story of poo that happened to a friend of mine. <laughs> Poor guy. Violated like that. Ah, and what a note to take the show out on, too. Well, I'd like to thank everybody who is involved with Mondays this week. Mark Miller, obviously, you're a nutcase. Richard Campbell, Jeff Maciela, Karen Greenwald, and myself, Carl Franklin. And also, we'd like to thank Nick Hodges for being the voice of the drill sergeant this week. Hey, you have a good week, and don't forget to keep your eyes on the road, your hands upon the wheel. We'll see you next week. <laughs>